Today on Locked On Canadians, it's our first YouTube episode. You're Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 541 of Locked On Canadians. Your first listen of the day, we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And now we are free and available on YouTube as well. This is our first YouTube episode. and We're so excited. We're a little bit nervous. So please bear with us. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Laura Saba, also known as The Active Stick. And I'm joined, as always, by the wonderful Scott Matla of Habs Eyes on the Prize. Scott, how are you doing today? I am exceedingly nervous. Um, <laughs> this is my first time, not my first time doing video, but uh, definitely a new experience here. And uh, no better way to launch the Locked On Canadians YouTube channel than on Mailbag Day after the Canadians lost again. One part of that is normal. Uh, the other <laughs> part of that is fun. And we're going to just focus on the fun part today. So if you wanted to hear us talk about Z- Trevor Zegers' amazing goal, here it is. That was dope as heck. And John Tortorella is super wrong. That is my only game recap for today. We will talk (laughs) about it on the weekend at another time. So that is all you are getting from me on that game right now. (laughs) That's right. And so if you are joining us for the first time on Fridays, we do a mailbag episode where we invite our listeners to email us questions or send us questions on Twitter. And uh, on Mondays, we do a three up and three down segment about anything to do with the Canadians for the previous week. Sometimes we kind of expand it into the NHL, depending on the situation. So on Monday, we will be reviewing tonight's game and the games over the weekend. There's obviously, there's a Columbus game as well. So what we're going to do today is we got so many questions. We asked for a lot of questions because uh, it was a very special mailbag day, our first day on YouTube. And so usually whoever's hosting, the other person will ask the questions. And you can ask us about the Habs, about life, about the NHL. But we do like questions about the Habs because that is what this podcast is about. So, Scott, would you like to start with our email question? Uh, I would. And this one comes from Jamie uh, in the UK based on their email address. And (laughs) so it says, hey, guys, so I've been thinking about this one for a while and I'm looking to get your opinion. I think the Habs have several good pieces in the organization and nowhere near as bad as they are leading us to believe, which we both agree with. Uh, Yes, I think they need to get rid of a lot of dead wood, but they're not a total rebuild team in my opinion. If the Habs pull the finger out and start playing better, which I believe they will, I think they'll finish bottom fives playing themselves further away from the Shane Wright conversation. If this is the case, what do we do as I said, I don't believe a total rebuild is required, but I feel this will be an entirely wasted season more than it already has been without drafting Shane Wright. I know other talent is available, but for me, he's the one who makes this terrible season worthwhile. Love the show, guys. Jamie. So this is an actually, it's an interesting question because I saw something today. It was an article about how uh, Shane Wright's draft stock might be falling a little bit. Now, I do think that when it comes to it, he's going to go first overall. But the exciting thing about this season is that there are a lot of good players in that top five, exactly like you said. So the what do we do is you have to examine whether it's worth it to try and move up and trade, obviously, if the Canadians are getting a top five pick in a strong draft. 
it is worth it to see if you can get the first, if, you know, whoever does end up winning the lottery is not too married to it. But I think in this year, I don't think that whoever gets that first overall is going to be willing to give up a shot at Shane Wright. So that's a long shot. But what we promise to do on this show, especially now that we're on YouTube, is there are a number of draft and prospect experts that we've wanted to interview for a really long time. And what we're going to do as the season goes on, as we get closer to the draft, is we're going to interview them about these prospects. We're going to get to know the top maybe seven or eight players. Maybe we'll do the entire top ten because you never know who's going to go up in the draft whose stock is going to rise by the time it comes around and who's going to fall so maybe we'll do we'll try and we'll try and get the information on the top european skaters the top uh goalies in the draft all of that and we'll see who we would like barring shane wright uh in that scenario i mean the canadians are bad enough to really really give themselves a shot at this lottery but uh but i don't think it's going to be the end of the world i do think that it is definitely, like you said, like I really want Shane Wright. Like that's somebody I'm very, very interested in. I think the Canadians have an opportunity. It's a once in a, I don't know, decade opportunity to draft that high, I think. For me too, people talk a lot about how Shane Wright's stock is dropping and this and that. Going all the way back to when I started paying attention to hockey, every single year there's people that come, it's, oh, John Tavares isn't going to go number one. This person's not going to go number one. It's going to be this person who goes two or three. This always happens the minute they have a slump or a slow start. Remember, there was um, Matthews in line A. Is Matthews going to go number two? Or are they going to pick line A? No. Like, it, it's overcomplicating the thing. Take the consensus number one, the kid who's been talked about since he was 15 years old. And if I'm the Canadians and I get that, the only reason I'm trading out of that is if I'm getting a non-lottery protected 2023 first round pick from somebody who's going to be bad and you get a haul for Shane Wright. But um, the panic about it is a little much, I think. And just, I agree. If they get Shane Wright, it's awesome. If they don't, I'm not as worried about it uh, based on some of the research I've started doing and some of the people I've talked to. The Habs are in a good spot in where, like this email said, they're not as bad as we're led to believe. They're they're bad. Do not get me wrong. They are terrible <laughs> right now. But they are not eight wins bad. They were a fringe team that needs help and some retooling. Cut some of that dead weight off of there, which I think they can do this offseason. And with first-round picks, I think there's a lot that can happen here that I'm really excited about. And another thing that I'm excited about is actually there was an interview uh, in the French media today with uh, Kent Hughes and a friend of ours translated it and put in bullet points for us. But we want to we have so many questions today that we want to move on to them. We're going to talk about Kent Hughes's words and his plans regarding coaching. There's a lot of talk that he had about coaching and it seemed very, very clear from that from that interview and that conversation. We'll summarize. We'll discuss that uh, he doesn't see this team as bad as it looks, as bad as their record as well. So it looks like we're all on the same page. And there was a lot of words that demonstrated to us that it seemed pretty likely that he's going to move on from this coach and he's going to hire a new one in the future. So we're going to turn our attention to the questions that we received on Twitter. And that's coming up in just one moment. But first, if you're listening to this podcast for the first time, you're going to learn. And if you've been listening to this podcast for however long we've been around, you will already know 
that Built Bar is one of our favorite sponsors. It's a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. It is delicious. It's made with real chocolate. All of the bars are low in sugar and high in protein. And they have 18 delicious regular flavors. And like literally every week, they come up with a special edition flavor uh, that's often really, really delicious. They've always got something going on on the site. You can go to built.com and enter promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order and find out what we're talking about. That's built.com and you enter promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. And it just occurred to me that I should have had a built bar sitting right next to me because we have now we have the YouTube and I could have waved it at the camera and you could get a visual and really it's like a treat. It's like a candy bar. Don't check it out. You won't regret it. And so on your first listen of the day, on Fridays, we have a weekly mailbag and we invite listeners to email us questions and we invite them to send us questions on Twitter. And uh, usually we get we get a decent amount, but this time people really did go all out for our YouTube debut and we really, really appreciate our listeners for that. Scott, what have we got in the mailbag? I want to say before we dive into more of the questions is I think a big reason for that is because I promised to eat that disgusting uh, amalgamation (laughs) from McDonald's. uh, If we got to 100 subscribers on YouTube before 9am on Sunday, which I'm terrified to look and see what the number is, because I texted Carly about it. And she went, Oh, God, what did you promise to do now? (laughs) So that is where we are at with this. Um, if we do get to 100 subs and they don't have it launched here in Buffalo yet, I will just buy the three things, make it, and eat it for our YouTube channel. It will be horrifying. I will hate every second of it, but I love all of you. Uh, and as always, if you want to tweet us your mailbag questions, at LO underscore Canadians on Twitter. We got a ton of them, so I'm going to launch right in here. And the first one comes from at that sad Habs fans, Lekanen, Sherat, and a future prospect for Mitch Marner. <laughs> Is the future prospect Shane Wright? Um, this is based on yesterday's episode in which, or the, the previous day's episode in which I said that I would really like to see Mitch Marner in a Habs uniform if the Toronto Maple Leafs end up moving on from him, which, you know, is unlikely to ever happen. If they are going to trade him, they'll trade him somewhere far away from this division and far away from a rival. But uh, I thought he was the, the player to go for. I think in order to get him, you're going to have to give up a lot. If you have an opportunity to get a prospect that's good enough to get Mitch Marner, I think you stick with the prospect. I I agree with that as well. And the thing about Marner is Kyle Dubas is kind of tied to him. Like Mark Bergevin was tied to Carey Price and Shea Weber. I don't think Marner's going anywhere as long as Kyle Dubas is in charge of the Toronto Maple Leafs right now. But that can very easily change uh, if they uh, lose in the first round again. So things might change very shortly. Um from uh, J.D. Young from Lockdown Sharks. Shout out content, boys. We love you guys. <laughs> what is the lowest on-ice moment for the Canadians this season? There's so many to choose from. <laughs> I, I don't know where to start, but there's just so many to choose from at this point. I'm going to say every time Jake Allen or even lately Samuel Montembeau plays lights out and the Canadians can't score a goal to save their lives, so they end up making like 45 saves and then losing the game is a low point. I feel so bad for that. And and they, the Canadians do give up a lot of shots. That's something that's definitely uh, it. There was a moment at some point where uh, the, the player, like, sorry, fans were throwing jerseys onto the ice. I believe I was at one of those games early in the season. Uh, there were points where they were booing the Habs off, off the ice. And, and so 
there's a lot of low points to choose from from like and and most of them are due to just really bad poor play but at the end of the day we're hoping that it results in a really really high moment and we get Shane right shame I, I, for Shane yes shame train I, I think <laughs> for me my lowest point was that game against Pittsburgh where I believe it was they got lit up for like six goals they were coming off a win so we felt confident a little bit and then they just got pumped and <laughs> it was so bad and I just kind of went this is awful and I think that's the point where everyone kind of looked at the season and went okay we're we're bad we're bad bad and I have a dishonorable mention for that game against the wild where they let Michael McNiven in to take some pressure off of Caden Primo give him the rest of the night off and the first thing they did was give up a breakaway to Gabriel Kaprizov and they just let their rookie goaltender making his debut get shelled that to me is definitely a low point and not because I find myself as a big fan of Michael McNiven but just in general that's that's no way to uh to treat your uh your rookie goaltenders there uh, and to follow that up Randy Hansen why am I torturing myself watching the Habs setting futility records because you like some of the players, as we do. We're big fans of the Nick Suzuki's, the Cole Caulfield's, all the people who are trying despite either their lack of talent or having a bad season. And you are showing your support for this team. It's not mandatory. I really don't blame anybody who's checked out. You know, Scott and I are obviously going to watch every game and talk about it. So you can just watch us <laughs> if you want to hear watch. about it. Uh, <laughs> Have on in the background while I nap on the couch. Same or thing. Cry. Yeah. Or cry. Or <laughs> cry. It's a, yeah. it's a good crying anyway. So we'll be watching it. But uh, but Randy, it's because you're supporting these young children um, that are probably being unfairly maligned everywhere, including here. <laughs> I, I mean, we try not to be too gratuitous about about our criticism. But yeah, I, I, I watch it because I also hope that, you know, there's going to be a Pizzetta moment or there's going to be Laurent Dauphin playing lights out or, you know, another call up is really, really showing that they're worth that call up. Uh, from Cole, and thankfully we don't actually have an answer to this question now, is what would your reaction had been if Montreal, for some godforsaken reason, acquired Evander Kane? I think I would have been really disappointed in the organization because he's demonstrated uh, poor lack of judgment. You know, everything that he's been accused of, there have been reports that it's inconclusive and they can't find proof. But in the absence of that, there are a lot of these stories that follow him around. So at the very least, he is clearly somebody who has poor judgment. Um, and the fact that the Sharks players weren't shy about leaking to the media that they didn't want him on the team anymore, I don't think that that's really the kind of dynamic that you want on a rebuilding team with young players whose futures you're, you're banking on. So I would have been very disappointed for very many reasons. I think I would have been the same thing because then it's, hey, meet the new boss, same as the old boss. And if Mark Bergevin were still here, I think my fears would have been far worse. But I think Jeff Gordon, who basically kicked Tony D'Angelo off the New York Rangers, and Kent Hughes, who knows so many players across this league, they would have looked at this and been like, absolutely not. I don't care how bad this season is. A, well, for the Canadians anyways, you don't add a piece like that to a locker room that you're trying to build a new culture in and trying to restore this franchise. The Oilers clearly don't care. Offense wasn't their issue. They can't defend or stop a goal to save their lives. So that's its own mess. But I would have been extremely disappointed. It sends, again, a terrible message that this team just did not need right now. Uh, 
I've got one more that I'm going to answer before we go into our final segment here, because this is an AHL question and that's finally my area of expertise. What do you think is going to happen with Niku now that he's on the taxi squad? I think he's going to be there until the rocket get back from Texas. And then the rocket are going to add Sam are going to have Sammy Niku uh, um, sent down to their team from the taxi squad. And I think that makes their defensive core of Xavier Ouellette, Louis Belpedio, Sammy Niku, Josh Brooke, Corey Schooneman, and Toby Paquette-Bisson very, very good. Like, extremely good for the AHL level. And Niku gives them a veteran who won defenseman of the year. He's one of the best defensemen in recent AHL history. And then if the, if the Habs need him, they can call him up in that 10-day or 30-day 10-game window if they need that extra piece there, I think he's uh, insurance and help for the rocket who are desperately looking for it. And we've got like a million more questions coming up and that's coming up in just one moment. But first bet online would like to wish you a happy new betting year. As we continue our March to the playoffs and beyond bet online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. The new year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's right, a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. All right, Scott. So what else have we got in our Twitter mailbag? Uh, this one's going to be fun because I've been talking about this a lot in other chats. Why <laughs> is the NHL allowing the Coyotes to share the 5,000 seat Arizona State University arena? Is it to make every game a sellout to reduce the spread of COVID-19 or an indirect admission that hockey in Arizona is not the success Commissioner uh, Bettman keeps insisting it is. So, like, I'm torn. You know, I'm always the kind of person, I don't like attendance shaming and all of that. I don't like Canadian markets looking down on, you know, this, the southern markets and all of that. Uh, but the reasons that hockey has not worked in Arizona are, there are a lot of logistical reasons. There's a lot of problems, obviously, with the ownership group not paying bills, not paying taxes, all kinds. There's always scandal. There's like, you know, dysfunction in the management team. And there's always something going on. But I think it, that's not necessarily a reflection of the market itself. But I do think that having a facility that's decent and having a facility that, um, maybe would build fans, you know, having young people go to it, whether it's like it's the students or, or anybody, you know, just just having that helps build loyalty and, and build the market. And I think it's basically the absence of another place for them to play because we're talking about the Tempe arena that's going to be a thing and all of that. So I, I, I think there's a lot of it is just for logit logistical reasons. I, I think it's less saving face and more just they've determined they're not moving it. They're not allowing it to move. So they're going to do whatever it takes to keep that team in Arizona. The wild part to me about this is that allegedly the arena can only hold up to 3,200 at certain times. And it's like, are, what are we, what are we doing here right now? And some people have kind of pointed out that if this was other teams that Batman would have called a press conference and everything, and yet they seem content with this. And I don't think it's fair 
for Coyotes fans from to be the whipping post of this because there are passionate fans there. We we know that, and I appreciate Coyotes fans who do so much to make a name for their team, and the team just constantly lets them down. So with everything else out of this, the last thing I am going to do is ever blame the fans there because there are dedicated fans, just like there are on every base. It's just this team continues to absolutely let them down, and that's unfair to them, especially with things like this. It's They, they can't control what this team is doing. So um, our next question here comes from one of the hosts of Lockdown Preds from Ann. What have you seen so far from Ren Pitlick, and do you think he'll be a good fit for the team long-term? As of tonight, he got two assists. He's up to six points in seven games with the Canadians, I believe they said. Uh, I like Ren Pitlick. He's not flashy. He's not a superstar, but he gets the job done, and the Habs need more dudes who get stuff done because they've been lacking that for a little <laughs> while. So, Yeah, I've been pleasantly surprised. I know that when he was uh, in Minnesota, he wasn't too happy because you know he wasn't cracking the team and all of that, but he's done the most with what he's got, and I've been pretty impressed with him. Also, he's apparently got sick flow, <laughs> so... That's that's definitely high up. But yes, um, thank you, Anne, for your question as well. Uh, this one that we won't be thanking them for is uh, J.D. Hernandez from Lockdown Ducks. How much fun is tonight going to be? Zero fun, at least for most of it. I mean, Trevor Zegers did the Michigan on the fly, which just... <laughs> so incredible. It it's was... amazing. It was such a beautiful goal, and I wasn't even mad about it. I'm the only thing that makes me mad is that Jake Evans scored a beautiful goal 10 seconds before. And then Zegers just comes down the <laughs> ice and like he's goofing around in practice, just goes, what if I just do a little flippity do? And I do this amazing sports center top 10 highlight. And I just go, what does Jake Evans got to do, man? And then he scored another <laughs> one diving on the ice. It was the game itself turned out fun. Laurent Dauphin scored on a penalty shot. Trevor Zegers did the Michigan. Jake Evans had two goals. It, it was a fun game, all things considered. It was a nightmare to start when the Ducks scored on, I believe, five of their first 14 shots, which is not what you want from your goalies, but uh, it is what it is. Um, coming up next from at Rock Smasha, if Montembeau maintains his current level of play, do you trade Jake Allen or have him be a cheaper backup to price until Primo is ready? I keep Jake Allen as long as possible. He's a great trade chip, but me, I'm a fan personally, so I keep him as long as possible. I do think that no matter how well Montembeau plays, he's not going to be as good as Jake Evans or as consistent as Jake Evans. Allen. Allen. <laughs> Jake Evans I knew there was going to be a screw up at some point, <laughs> and this was it. Sorry, this is the YouTube nerves. I knew I was like, we're doing so well. I'm not gonna have to try and edit anything out. And noted Canadian goalie, Jake. I mean, the way things are going this year, he might end up having to play goalie. We don't actually know that, <laughs> so you might be right. Uh, we'll see. This comes from Paul again. Everything else being equal, had Seattle picked Carey Price in the expansion draft, who would be in last place? Arizona, Montreal, or Seattle? I think. I think it would still be Montreal because it they was, would be playing without Carey Price and I Seattle guess. would be also playing without Carey Price, right? Because he hasn't returned to the lineup, but they had picked up uh, what's his face from Florida. They had signed him prior to the expansion draft. So they already had a goalie. And then they drafted Grubauer as well. 
And if all else being equal, like the season plays out the same way, the Habs are still bad. Like, <laughs> yeah, maybe it changes their offseason approach, though. Maybe they go out and they go after a Braden Holtby or someone else, and maybe things are a little bit different, and you have Allen Holtby instead of Primo Allen or Montembeau Allen. Um, I think the Habs might be better if this wasn't lingering over their heads, wondering about that, but it's... Seattle would still probably not be great. They're still one of the worst teams in the league. And Arizona would still probably be fighting for last. They're, yes, they're bad. For sure. They're bad on purpose. Um, yeah, they're blatant about it. They're not hiding that. There's no, their shame is like, they're, they're shameless about their shame. <laughs> uh, this one also comes from Paul. Bite, lick, or hug? Brad Marchand, Brady Kachuk, or frenemy of the show, Will? Okay. So this is going to be kind of like a hot take, but I would bite Brad Marchand so he'll know what it's like. <laughs> I would lick Brady Kachuk because out of the two brothers, he looks like the one that actually showers. Um, and I would hug Will because he would hate that. <laughs> I can't tell if Will would hate being hugged or licked more. So he would probably I... find it funny if you licked him. I would hug Brad Marchand just because his Twitter game is on point right now and dunking on the Hurricanes gets him bonus points in my book. Um, I would bite Brady Kachuk uh, and then go get a tetanus shot immediately. And then I, <laughs> and Will's going to hate me for this so much. I'm imagining the tweets already. I'm going to lick Will just because I think it'll annoy him the most. Uh, this one comes from Cole. Uh, on a scale of one to 10, one being the least and 10 being the most how excited are we for this season to be over? Personally, I'm a solid 25. That sounds about right. I I, I want the NHL season to be over. The Rocket have been fun, and the Lions and the ECHL have been fun. And I'm having fun watching prospects again, too. So it's been enjoyable in that regard. The NHL season's been like a negative 69 on a scale of this right now. <laughs> That's how bad it's been. It's not nice. So... Uh, I'm excited for it to be over because I'm excited for the draft and free agency. It's my favorite time of year because it's, you never know what's going to happen. It's the best time of the year. Um, Let's see. This one comes from Randy. Do you expect a completely new reverse retro Jersey and kit next season? What colors do you prefer? I want it. I think it's a good opportunity to kind of wash away this past year and the year before. Um, I really, really liked the blue. I like when they go blue. So I would want something that's a little bit closer to their winter classic jersey when they played in Boston. Something that's a little bit similar to that. I, I like I can't go away from the from the from the red, white, and blue like that. I don't know why. I just I don't see the Canadians doing something not that, right? So yeah. I do like that like that that Canadian winter classic, the lighter blue sort of the more classic lines like that's that's what I would go for something that is that has the same feel as that I can't tell if I want them to do one of the, like the centennial ones they did it uh in 2009 2010 and 2008 2009 not the Christmas tree jersey which I own one of those it's one of the first authentic jerseys I've ever bought I almost want them to do the barber barber pole but like <laughs> streamline it a, a little bit so it doesn't look as god-awful and eye-blindingly bad trying to read the numbers on the back um i think you're right with the blue though uh those were beautiful jerseys it's a shame they were cursed and they only won one game wearing them but i think you have to go blue otherwise it, it doesn't feel like a habs jersey so i think that's the uh, biggest thing 
Um, and we have one final question from Randy. And there was another question from Paul. I want to save that for Monday, though, because the Rocket do play this weekend. And I want to kind of pay attention to a few things because he's asking about systems and up and down the levels there. So I want a chance to actually sit down and analyze a little bit more of the game. So we are ignoring your question, Paul. I promise you. Uh, from Randy, where do protesters think they'll be able to eat, sleep, or use the facilities in Ottawa once they arrive? Sens fans will tell tell you there is nothing open in Ottawa ever. That's correct. There's nothing open right now anywhere. Uh, I honestly have no idea, but I would imagine they're packing things and there's tons of people that are supplying them with uh, with with food on the way. Like we're seeing, they're not huge crowds, right? Like I don't I don't want anybody to like delude themselves as to how big this convoy is or how how many people are going out to meet them at truck stops or whatever. I'm sure they have support. Uh, I've kind of been not necessarily avoiding it. I've been trying to follow it in a very critical way uh, because I feel like I'm not going to get on a soapbox here or anything like that. But it seems to me that uh, people who have legitimate concerns about their jobs, uh, the whole cause is being co-opted by white supremacists and anti-vaxxers and right-wing extremists and things like that. And they're taking advantage of the situation um, and couching it in a movement that they think that everybody in Canada will support because who doesn't, you know, who doesn't, who doesn't want to support hardworking people. So uh, I, and I don't want to have any, like, I don't want anyone, anyone to have any illusions about that. And the fact that I don't support it, like, I don't think it's, it's very disingenuous and it's taking it, taking advantage of people and the real truckers that are out there currently doing their jobs. Yeah. Um, that is it for mailbag questions. Oh, wait, uh, did we get a, did we, did, did goalie droid question? Did we do the goalie droid question? The Christmas one? Was it the Christmas? No, there was a question from goalie droid in the list that I sent. Uh, Cole, Paul. You might have yeah, already. That was the taxi squad question about. Sandy oh, right. Too. I'm so sorry about that. <laughs> I was like, I didn't I forgot, answer I her question. I forgot to say their name. That's on me. <laughs> I just started reading it. So I'm like, I know the answer to this. In the, <laughs> and there is an answer to that. I don't know the answer to everything, I promise. So uh, if you want to tweet us your mailbag questions every week at LO underscore Canadians or LockdownCanadians at gmail.com. And we always appreciate good questions. I can't believe Will didn't send us one for our YouTube debut. Oh, he's probably planning something. <laughs> Will is our nemesis for those of you joining us for the first time. In the meantime, thank you so much for listening or watching uh, this episode. And uh, you can find us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. You can follow me at The Active Stick. You can follow Scott at Scott Matla. As he said, if you ever want to email us, it's LockedOnCanadians at gmail.com. Thank you so, so much for listening. If you liked us, check out Locked On Bets, where they have been absolutely killing it lately. Talk to you Monday.